Welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, the Capacity Coach, Nicole Roan, and I thank you for tuning in today. If this is your very first experience of the Flow and Flourish podcast, know that you are in a safe space. This is where we talk openly and honestly about all the things that impact our capacity and our ability to flow and flourish. So many of us are juggling hats, trying to be the best mom, wife, daughter, friend, all those good things. And here we talk about how each of those different areas, and there are five of them, help you to flow and flourish and increase your capacity for sustainable success. Now, if you haven't listened to the first five or so episodes, I really do invite you to go back because it lays the foundation for how things work in your heart flow, your faith flow, your cash flow, all of those different things. So I invite you to listen to those first. Hit pause, go listen, and then come on back and listen to this episode. Now for all of my true blue listeners, hey girl, hey, so happy to have you back here. I do this because of you. I am so excited to be back in the swing of things and back recording and y'all are in for a treat today. And I know I say that every single week, but listen, I have my girl, my coach from Purpose to Platform, Miss Courage Molina, who is a faith coach. You hear me? She is amazing. And she calls herself holy and hood. So listen, y'all already know what that means. But this is going to be such a great episode where we talk about how faith either is or is not your foundation and how to make it your foundation if that is something that you choose. And because I feel like I know y'all pretty well, I know that you probably want faith to be your foundation. So this is not an episode that you want to miss. Before I go all the way in, though, I do want to let you know that this episode is being brought to you by my Balance Booster, which is a 90-minute intensive coaching session to help you get in alignment and create balance between your personal and your professional life. When you have one area of your life, one area of flow that is off, then it shows up everywhere else. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you can't think straight, you can't focus, you're trying to figure out where to start, then you probably need a Balance Booster go on over to my website or check the show notes and there is a link for you to book directly for a balance booster. But I would highly recommend you doing a complimentary capacity check-in first so that we can figure out what area you need some help in. All right, let me get into this bio for the phenomenal Courage Molina. Courage Molina is a faith coach and everybody's favorite Bible teacher. It is no surprise that her life's work to help ambitious, purpose-driven women to build extraordinary faith so that they have the confidence to go after the life they really want. She believes the foundation of becoming your most bold, confident, and courageous self is in the daily habit of studying and applying the Word of God to your life. She is the lead pastor for Dose of Courage Community, which is a global online church for women, where she preaches and teaches the Bible on a weekly basis. Through her online school, Courage Molina University, her courses teach women how to build routines, 
habits, and mindsets that will support them on their journey to greatness. Courage is also an author and the host of the award-winning podcast, Dose of Courage. She is a wife, a mother of three, and currently living in North Carolina. Everybody, welcome Courage to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Hey, 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 Coach Courage. Welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast, ma'am. What's up? I'm in the house. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. I'm I'm so ecstatic about having you here. And I got to warn everybody, like our energy is very similar. And so just as goofy and silly as I am, y'all going to get that matched today. So be prepared to laugh and listen and have a notebook here. But I've been waiting to have you on. And I'm so glad that we were able to come together today to make this happen. So what I would like you to do is really just talk to us a little bit about what you do, I've already given you a formal intro, which bio and all that good stuff. But with you being a faith coach, tell us how you got here and what you do. So I'm a faith coach and I got here kicking and screaming. It's not what I signed up for. Tell <laughs> <laughs> <Not> the truth. <laughs> I didn't get up one day and say, you know what? This is what I want to do and be a faith coach. I certainly wanted to help people. And my faith is such a huge part of my life. It's such a huge part of how I overcame depression and got my life back and this purpose for living. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this faith thing is fire. You can do anything if you like, what did I say? Y'all can't tell me nothing. <laughs> I can't even hear you over how fabulous I am. And there was a time where I could not see my own fabulousness, you know? And I yeah. feel like there's so many of us that are filled with this level of just greatness that we cannot see until we get a lens of faith. And so as much as I wanted to help women create curriculum and all these things, my true heart is for the word of God. And so the Lord was like, come on. I was like, no, I'm good, fam. (laughs) Say it again, because somebody (laughs) needs to hear that, right? What was your first response? He was like, no, I'm good. You know, I like you and then you're cool or whatever. I want to talk about you at the barbecue and with a homegirl. I want to talk about you. I'm not ashamed of you. You know, you my ace. You my homeboy. I want everybody to know that we down like four flat tires. But as far as what I'm going to do in the marketplace or how I'm going to earn a living, I was like, no, it's enough for me. So maybe I don't have to have all the blessings that you have for me. Maybe I could just have some of the blessings. Give me some of them. I don't need all. Just a few. Couple of them. If that's what it takes to have all of them, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as God would have it, it's hard Once you get into a space and you can see that what you do and what you share impacts people, it's difficult for you to walk away from that because Mm. it's the thing you were made for. And it's the thing that gets you more excited. And so then I started asking myself, I said to myself, self, myself, I said, well, if you love this, then why not do it? Because you honestly love it, right? It's Mm -hmm. not something that you necessarily pick, but you honest to God, love it. Why not just do it? And when I realized it was my limiting beliefs, I had faith in God and I had faith in spiritual things, but I still had so many limiting beliefs about what I could do and how God could move through me, in me, the things that I could do for business. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I just had all these limiting beliefs. And once I realized, oh, that's the enemy. I was like, oh, let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Oh, we. You said so much even just in that because 
one of the things that I know I've been guilty of is putting God in a box, right? Like I trust you here, but I ain't gonna trust you over there. What'd you say? We down like four flat tires, but sir, you want me to do this, that, and the third? Like, I don't know if I can do that. And so having faith to really pull it all together, it sounds like is what brought you to where you are and what you're doing as this amazing faith coach. No, I want to take one step past that, right? I don't want to miss this. Not just, oh, I think this is possible for people, but not me. Not Mm -hmm. just that. Saying, I don't think this is a thing. This isn't a thing. People don't do this. This is Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want a flying car, right? Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I meant. I limited this. I didn't just say no to it. I didn't consider it as a possibility. I thought, okay, if this is how I'm going to earn a living, then I have to have a traditional church. I have to be in church. I have to, you know, preach on Sundays and have a building mm-hmm. and all these things. And I know that wasn't it. Not, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's not it because of the life I want to live. I want to have this freedom, right? So I know that getting up Sunday and I got to be in this building every single Sunday. I knew that mm-hmm. wasn't it. Mm-hmm. I did not think that it was possible for me to teach Bible, for me to create these biblical studies program. I didn't realize I could do that in the marketplace. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, I know people teach Bible that aren't in church, but that's like, those are schools. Those are like real schools, Mm -hmm. not like my little school. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't see it. So it wasn't something that I said no to. I couldn't even see it as a possibility. It wasn't something that I could have even prayed for. I didn't know it was possible. Yeah. It sounds like it was beyond your wildest dreams, right? Like even some of the things that we tell ourselves are not possible. We haven't even given God an opportunity to shift our minds and our hearts to understand that is possible. You said it ain't possible, not me, right? And so expanding your faith and stepping into your faith to allow yourself to really let God move and work in your life and create things that seem impossible for you. So I love that you said that. I know I was in one of your Bible studies on a Saturday that I kept calling a Sunday. (laughs) And cause y'all it's so good. And if you have not been, then coach courage, tell us where to go for this Bible study. Cause I don't want to mess nothing up. They need this. Go to couragemolina.org and hit the Bible study tab and it'll give you all the information you need. And you don't want to miss it. I mean, it is lit. Yes, it is. And I know I don't normally plug stuff until the end of the episode, but it's so heavy on my heart because that session literally changed my life. Really thinking about some of the things that you even just said now, getting out of our own way. Because like one of the things you said was, following the vision that God gave you, right? Like you sitting around thinking you about to go back to work or you got to do this to make ends meet or you got family stuff that's going on. Are you going to God? Like, are you trusting the word? Are you even in the word? And so for me, it helped me realize that I still, even though I thought I was being obedient and not putting God in a box or any of that, I was like, man, girl, you still are not trusting and believing. And so can you talk to us a little bit about what it means to have faith, but what the difference is between believing? Here's the thing, right? 
we are taught very early on in life, maybe adolescence, to get realistic, right? We are taught that. That is indoctrinated into us. When we start thinking about what we want to do, if we want to go out for a team, I mean, we're talking about as early as middle school. Now, in elementary school, you can ask a kid what they want to be. I taught elementary Spanish for like a year and a half. Oh, the Lord kept me because them little kids. Like, oh, listen, that's not, I'm in the high school all day. Like them little kids, they got snot, bro. I'm not like, <laughs> just saying, you know. But you know, I, I, listen, you ask an elementary school kid, a second grader, first grader, a kindergartner, what they want to be. Do you know, old boy was like, I want to be a dragon. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sound like my six year old. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's what you want to be. When you grow up, it's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, right. That's so absurd, right? We, that since you're not going to be a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. We just allow them to say that. And I was like, oh, what color dragon are you going to be? You know, I just went with it. You know, where are you going to be? You know, you're going to be burning stuff up. I just went with it. <laughs> if somebody in seventh grade tells you that they want to be in the NBA, then we immediately tell them they need to have a backup plan because a lot of people don't make it. And we're trying to prepare them, right? It's from this place of, but what we're teaching them as they grow older, what we're being taught as we grow older is to be realistic. Mm. And so it is impossible to separate what you've been indoctrinated with your whole life when you come to faith, because you Mm. bring that to faith. Very rarely do we take our faith to our beliefs and our traditions and what we've been taught and how the world works. What we do instead is we take what we believe to be true based on our experience and what we've been taught. And so we take that to the word. And so the word can't go beyond the constructs of us being real and us being logical and reasonable. And so I don't think necessarily that people who have faith aren't believing. I think part of the problem is that you are not imagining things. And I know that doesn't sound like Christian and faith, but the Lord says that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Mm. Well, y'all can't imagine nothing though. So it's really not that big. So your prayers aren't that big a deal because mm. you can't imagine anything. Imagination implies that the very thing that you are thinking of has never been done. It's super creative. It's outside of this world. It's an expansion of the reality that you know. How many of us have prayers like that? Almost none of us, Mm. like we just don't have an imagination. And so I don't think that necessarily y'all don't have faith or we don't believe. I think it's impossible for our faith and our belief to grow beyond these social constructs and this realism of this world that we live in. But I would challenge a person to say, I'm going to actually start from the word, right? Mm. And anything that I experience outside of what the word says I'm going to allow the word to challenge that instead of the other way around. But it requires an intentionality. You have to be intentional. I'm going to believe the word first. I'm going to believe the word above even my own physical symptoms. I'm going to believe what the word says over the balance in my checkbook. I'm going to believe what the word says. Mm. But we often use material and natural world things to disprove what the word says, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that can't be true because look at this, right? We let our experience dictate the level of realism or the level of power that the word of God and God himself could have in our life. We relegate him to our human experience, mm. which is not starting from a place of faith. So 
you can have faith and believe, but it's going to be stifled and small. True. It will still be a true faith. You really believe some of the things that you believe. So I'm not trying to take that from you, but it's certainly going to be small when you bring your culture and your experience and what you see. Eyes haven't seen. I just don't know how we miss that, right? Like if you're somebody right now is going over there real quick. She might, you know, I don't know how we miss that. You know, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. He says, neither has it entered into the hearts of men. It means that there isn't a person on the planet that has thought up in their heart what God can do and through his people. And so then you get an idea and you think, oh, well, I can't do it because it's never been done. Well, that's literally what he just said. Well, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) He literally just said that, (laughs) that what he's going to do, it hasn't been done before. Yeah. If you start from that place, you can start to wonder. That's my favorite thing to say in Bible study. I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what it would look like if I just wrote down what I actually want without any worries of how it might get done Mm -hmm. or where I'm starting from. I wonder what it would look like if I got into this challenge with God when I said, oh, okay, above my imagination, let me see what I can imagine, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder what life would look like, you know? And I love that you bring that in because even for me, I never thought about it like that, right? Like putting your imagination to work and really thinking about all the things that we bring to the word, all those different experiences. We come with a ton of those limiting beliefs. We're already saying what we can or cannot do versus using our imagination to really think about all the different things that we want to do, all the different ways that God can use us in in a variety of different situations. And so you talking about imagination and being intentional, it speaks to me so much. And you also talked about even though we're coming with those experiences, we still do have faith, but it's small. Yeah. So how do we grow that faith, right? How do we get to a place where we want to be able to imagine the things that God can do for us? We want to try to detach from all the different things that we've learned and really put the word first. How do we get to a place where we grow our faith? I honestly think that a stu- like study Jesus, right? And I'm not even trying, like Jesus as a person, not just Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus is the resurrection. Like I know someone's like, well, I know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. <laughs> no, boo. <laughs> clap back. When you follow the life and the teaching of Jesus, you can even do Old Testament. First of all, y'all know I'm like every part of the Bible is my favorite part. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you're going to follow somebody, you're going to start somewhere, start with Jesus and pay attention to how he interacts with people because the interactions change. Um, what his expectation is, pay attention to his personality. He clapped back, he funny, cussing. He said, you tell that fox, I said, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) the Lord had some strong, Jesus had some strong language. You know, fox is not a deep thing for us, but biblically, like, you tell that fox, I said, it was like, oh, King Herod said, he gonna kill you. He was like, you tell that fox, I said, I'm gonna be here today, and I guarantee you, I'm gonna be dying in this town. And that's on period, right? Like when you, when you study Jesus, right? Not from like this religious place, but study him as a person, Mm -hmm. then you can see yourself. You can see some of the richness of your own personality, especially for people who was like, 
well, I'm not like Christ, right? I used to think I need to be so sweet, right? That's why I said no to ministry. Like, I'm certainly not sweet enough. <laughs> you know, like, you holy hood, like you say. Exactly. So ain't nothing wrong with that, I just though. Feel like, oh, you got to be like, hi, sweet. Friend. Like, I'm like, oh, I got time for that trial. But you know what I mean? Like, my, I just felt like my attitude wasn't. But when I looked at Jesus and Jesus was like, what is wrong? He's like clapping back. Pilate's like, oh, do you know who I am? Jesus like, what? Boy, first of all, you only got this job because my daddy gave it to you. So let's both be clear here. Okay. My daddy gave you this job. Hmm. And if it were not for my dad, you would not be able to do nothing to me. So let's move on. Okay? <laughs> Period. But, you know, if you look at Jesus, I think it helps for us to see him as a person and not a figure, right? When you can see Jesus as a person, you will start to like him as a person, like mm-hmm. actual real relationship. And that's where that faith starts to grow. Faith is built on trust. I don't care what you heard about him. Like, be honest. I don't trust people I don't know. And that's just real. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care if you're the Paul. I don't care. I don't know you. If your Metro don't trust you, I'm like, <laughs> but I'm saying. Look, I'm finna stop. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna shoot you. Well said. Like, if I don't know you, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And I can only trust you so far. Like, sometimes you might trust somebody with your dog, but not your baby. You might trust mm. them with your plants, but not your husband, right? Because mm. I don't know who I, I don't know you. So she I don't about, know you know you. Like, I, I know of you. She's not about to be at my house like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so that requirement for trust is the same, even though he's Jesus, which is why he wants you to spend time in the word. It's why he wants you to spend time with him. And we know that Jesus was the word made flesh. So mm. if I want to get to know Jesus, I have to get to know his word not from a place of, I want to quote scripture. Just mm-hmm. like, forget all of that. Forget all of the, you know, religious, like just forget all of that and say, I'm getting into this word just to get to see how he act, just to get to see how he is, how he rock with people. Let mm-hmm. me look at some of these stories. When I first started reading Old Testament, I used to watch a lot of reality TV show. Now I just watch the highlights on YouTube. <laughs> I don't watch episodes. I'm like, let me watch this. All you need is the highlights anyway. It ain't number commercials, girl. Let me watch this compilation of Cardi B's funniest comebacks real quick on Love and Hip Hop on okay. YouTube, right? I used to watch a lot of reality TV show back then. And when I started reading the Bible, I started with Genesis just because I didn't have any guidance. I didn't know where to start. I started with Genesis. Those people, bruh, they lying, they cheating. Oh, girl, first of all, how do you sleep with your sister husband? Like, you know that was your sister husband. You mm. know he was there working so he could marry her and you just going to let them slide it. And now you got an attitude with the sister? Mm. I'm like, boy, these folks is rigid. And mm. I just a lot of like crazy stuff in the Bible. But I also saw those same people being blessed. And I thought, well, how come? <laughs> how come we got to be saints and I got to be perfect out here in these church streets? But mm-hmm. David slept with a man wife and then had that dude killed and then okay. sent the murder note by the dude he had killed after he slept with the wife. So they wouldn't find out that he was the baby daddy. But you talking about that's your homeboy guy. What they do that, right? And I'm not yeah. saying to be reckless. I'm just saying all of these things that we are taught in Christian culture is what keeps us from having a relationship with Jesus. It's because Christian culture says that perfection is required. Mm -hmm. And that is not what the Bible says. 
So you approach the Bible like you have to have this holy reason or these holy, I got to quote scripture and all these things. That ain't it. Just, I want to, okay, I realize I like you, but I trust you like that. (laughs) I want us to start dating. We're going to start slow, right? Listen, some of y'all dating men faster than you dating God. Take it how you want to take it. Take me out. Take it how you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to go slow with the Lord, but you want to be married next week. Like, miss me with it. Date the Lord as fast as you date these other folks. You text him 10 times a day. How many times are you checking that dating app? No tea, no shade. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we act like we don't have time for stuff. I'm just saying, date the Lord a little bit and accelerate. Well, I just want to do it in God's time. You ain't trying to get married in that man's time. Courage. You know what? <laughs> don't, don't click off y'all. I'm sorry. I was just kidding. <laughs> no, but you right. Like you said so much. First of all, I never thought about it from the mind frame of, getting to know Jesus as a person, not in the whole religious sense and how much trust is tied to belief. Because I know for me, I haven't studied him in that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And even as you talked about really dating and diving into the word to understand who he is so that you can develop that trust, like how are you going to learn about somebody if you don't spend time with them? And another thing that you said was, how oftentimes we don't come into following Christ or learning the word because we feel like we have to be perfect or we feel like we have to just, you know, be holier than everybody else and not realizing that a lot of the people in the Bible was a hot mess, right? A whole hot mess. And so for us to bring our hot mess stuff together, God still loves us and will still have favor on us, but we have to know the word and not just the scripture quoting, like you said, because I can tell you there have been churches that I've gone to where I felt like if I didn't know scripture, I wasn't allowed there. Or if I didn't participate in some of the activities and I wasn't a good Christian, it wasn't really basing the foundation of my faith. And so I just literally love everything that you said. It makes so much sense. And I know that you're blessing people with this. So, ma'am, if one wants to start building a relationship with Jesus, where do we start in the Bible? Because like you, I started with Genesis and I'm like, okay, now what? Like what? You can't read it through like a regular book. So where do you start? If I were just starting out, I would start with the book of John. It's 100% biased. This is not necessarily professional information. I'm 100% biased. The book of John is my personal favorite gospel. I don't even know why, if I'm honest. It just maybe the way it reads, the way it's it's just my favorite. It's like, I feel like, yes, this is Jesus. I'm sure all (laughs) the other gospels are Jesus too. (laughs) But it's just something about John. John just hits different. Maybe it's the parables. Maybe it's the way that he wrote or the way that he wrote. Every gospel that's written, I mean, they're all great, right? But they have a different thing. So they have this thing they call the synoptic gospels. And that's Matthew, Mark. Luke are the synoptic gospels, which means they parallel a lot. Mm -hmm. John stands out. And I don't know why. I'm sure there's a very theological, great, deep thing I should be able to tell you, but I can't. (laughs) I also didn't realize it until afterwards. I'm like, why do I like this so much? It's my favorite one. It's just a way for you to see Jesus. He's telling you over and over who he is. I think John's objective in writing 
this is the gospel according to John, right? That's what they all are, the gospel according to Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. So the gospel according to John is one where his objective is to show you that Jesus is God and he is the savior. It is why the book of John is one of the only ones that connects Jesus to before the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular book, it's the only gospel that takes you all the way back. And the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The rest of them kind of start uh, from the human experience of Jesus, the genealogy in Matthew, that kind of thing. But John takes you all like, hey, let me just let you know, friend, real quick. Jesus is not new to the scene, Kay. And the the word was with God, the word was God, right? And so it just gives you the story about Jesus that is just absolutely amazing. It is funny. Jesus is very funny. He's low-key rude. He gets (laughs) aggravated. He gets frustrated. The men that he chooses act up. They're ready to fight. They Mm -hmm. cut ears. Somebody gangster. He already know that Judas is going to do him wrong. I'm looking at Jesus like, I know you know it had to happen. But you're still just talking to him like that. Like, you still just having a con. The Lord ain't ignore him. And he was always exposing himself. Judas was always exposing him. <laughs> like exposing his true heart. I'm like, you still, it's just nice to him. When you look at how Jesus is and you start to think, okay, this is me getting to know Jesus. Now, once you get to know Jesus in the gospel of John, mm-hmm. it puts you in a position where when other people or when Christian culture says something that don't sound like Jesus, you can be like, mm looking sideways like mm-hmm. sound like Jesus. I'm gonna have to look into that for myself check this out right when we start to have questions that are not answered explicitly in the word and it takes um like oh this is not in the word the lord does not talk about this it's not in the bible so how do you think god feels about this we have mm-hmm. to get to know him to see like oh is he the type of god that would do that even though we've never mm-hmm. been in this situation is he the type of God? Have you seen this? Well, I did see him do this. So it might be. Him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I did see him. He did that one time. And so it might be him, right? Instead of just allowing people to say, you know, pretending like God is just one way. People pretend sometimes like God is just all hell and brimstone. And then you have other people that pretend like God is just, oh, you can walk all over me and do whatever you want to do. Mm. And that's also not true, right? He's not that way. And so I would say, Without question, John, you can totally fall in love with Jesus and get to know him like as a homeboy, your friend. There was a time where I didn't like that. I saw that t-shirt in college one time. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my homeboy. And I was like, that is so disrespectful. <laughs> that shirt. I did not like that shirt. Now I'm like, dang, I need a shirt like that. Now you want one. Now I'm like, Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> Especially if you know what that means. It means that we are relational. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it I don't have respect for him. It doesn't mean that I don't have reverence for him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't honor him. It means like we hang out. I don't have to lie to kick it. I can be honest. I can find uh-huh. what I thought. He can see me at my best. He can see me at my worst. He mm-hmm. gonna have my back. He gonna tell me when I was wrong. He gonna have my front. Mm-hmm. He will correct me in his timing when he says, and not because somebody else feels some type of way. He's not gonna mm-hmm. allow what other people say about me to impact how he treats me, how he blesses me. See, I'm from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a project and my first friends were my cousins. Yep. So yep. I might talk about them and we might have a little beef, 
But you unless, I'm, I'm trying, you can. I low-key wish you would. <laughs> Real talk. I'm like, I hope she do say something to Dorinda. I hope she do say something to Mutt. Let her say something to Mutt. It's going to be on the day, honey. They're going to send me home. Right? Like, <laughs> I get that. I, I didn't even have to be involved. Uh, eighth grade, first week of eighth grade, I got suspended. First week of eighth grade. I got That's courage. For 10 days. My cousin was in sixth grade. My younger cousin, he was so short then. I mean, he's way taller than me now. <laughs> short then. And so I know like eighth graders like to pick on sixth graders or whatever. And I was like, I'm trying to tell y'all right now. I don't even care what he do. Don't say nothing to him. Don't nobody do nothing to him, nothing. And he was like coming through this like breezeway area. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what he did. But that girl was like calling him out his name and what she'll do to him. I didn't ask no questions. Beat her. I was like, 10 days. Go ahead. I just walked. You ain't got to come get me. I know what I did was wrong. Give me my 10 days. And if she tried when I come back on day 11, she gonna, it's going to be on the popping again. Right? Got another 10 days. <laughs> and so what I'm saying to you is like, I get the concept of that type of I'm going to jump in. I got you. If it's your fight, then it's my fight. Mm-hmm. I think that when we can see God as a person, an actual person, the best, better than any person you know. I know a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You understand what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. you can see God that way, then you're not worried about, my cousin wasn't worried about what somebody might say to him or whatever. He mm-hmm. worried for what? I fought boys. I fought girls. I will fight your mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoever, because <laughs> this is my cousin and my cousins, these are my people. At the same time, I will fight my cousin. <laughs> no what? Yes, I can't even deal with you. This is Jesus. He got <laughs> your back. He will fight your battles. At the same time, he will whoop your behind. Yes. <laughs> All at the same time. You know what I'm so I feel like if you could start to see Jesus as a person, the actual personhood of Jesus, right? If you could start to have conversations with God like he is your father. That was difficult because my dad was an absentee father. He was not present in my life. When you have that kind of relationship with your dad, it can make it difficult to have a relationship with God as your father, right? Yeah, I know what that looks like. I know what a relationship with my mom is like. My mom, I love my mom and she's great and she's wonderful. But when you continue to hear the word father, it's like there's just this kind of disconnect. But mm-hmm. if you start to imagine with the best Here you father, go with imagination again. father-daughter relationship would be if you start to think about the type of dad that you'd like to have for your kids sometimes I'm like dad I'm so scared today or like dad I'm so you know just worried I need you to hold me and I could just close my eyes and envision the personhood of God with me sitting on his lap even though I've never experienced that as a daughter you know what I'm saying if you could just start to consider that Jesus is a person that God is your father like and start to interact with them that way, completely change your faith, man. Yeah. Now, now I'm in the word because I want to hear a word from him. Now I'm in the word because I want to spend time with him. I want him to speak to me. Mm-hmm. You know? You build that relationship. Yeah. Like you said, going back to spending that time, like you cannot get to know anybody without spending time with them. And you know how it is when you date. You can't get enough of the person that you date. You want to be on the phone. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. On three, hang up, right? And 
we need that same energy when we're looking to build our faith, when we're looking to connect with God. It is a relationship and it can't be one-sided. I know for me, ma'am, there was a time where the only time I prayed was when things went wrong. Yeah. Right. And I know that there are a lot of people that are out there that may still act like that, but you got to start where you are. Knowing is half the battle, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to take the time to get into John, as you mentioned, to pray, to imagine God and Jesus as a person, like that whole symbolism that you just did of saying, God, I'm so scared. And you imagine sitting there with God, with your arms around you. I felt that because that is what we need to understand God is. They're going to jump in. He's going to jump in each and every time we need him, but we have to call and say, Hey, yo, I need some help. I need some help. Walk like, you know, right. Don't just leave him in the prayer closet. Don't just leave him at church. Like prayer is not just what you do in the closet. It's conversation, right? If you think about prayer it's conversation with God, I've talked to him all the time. I talk to him all the time. Sometimes I was like, are you on the phone? I'm like, no, I'm just talking to my dad. I got some work stuff I need to figure out. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm going to do. And so it helps if I bring him in. It really helps if I bring him into my decision-making. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I'm making lunch. I'm like, okay, so you know I got this lunch coming up. I have no idea what the strategy is going to be. I just, this is how it went last time. I felt like you told me this last time, but then I didn't really hit the number. I ain't mad though, because it was still good. You know, I just, I'm having this conversation with him. Mm-hmm. He can impress upon me what he would like for me to do so that he can make suggestions. And I say suggestions because he's not going to make you do it, right? So he can right. make suggestions and give instructions and guidance on how to do it this time. And I'm like, I don't care about what happened last time. Anything I feel like I hear in my spirit when I talk to him, I'm going to do it that way. Because the last time was still turned out way better than I thought that it would. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what we're about to do this time. I'm like, hey. Like, well, if we're going to do that, and I literally just said this last night, I was like, okay, I'm about to open up Courageous Discipleship. And so this year is the first year that I actually set numeric, like an actual quantitative goal. I never did that in all the years. Never. And last cycle, he told me to, and I was like, and I kept thinking, but what if I don't hit it? Then people going to say, I hear from you. And then I'm going to be feeling like I didn't hear from you. Right. Mm -hmm. So he said 30, he called 30. I did the strategy. I invested in all the bags and all the things. And Mm -hmm. I had 12 sign up. Mm. When I tell you that there was no disappointment for 12, because that was more than double than the last group that signed up. When I Mm -hmm. tell you it was no disappointment, that was my largest launch, my highest grossing launch. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Obedience. So now we're having this conversation and he's like 50. And so when he told me that yesterday, I was like, well, first of all, I do not have funds for it to be buying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the stuff ahead of time, like I did last time. And then I woke up this morning and somebody paid their invoice off early, every penny. And when I say early, I mean 10 months early, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> courage. And so when I saw this morning, I was like, okay. So okay, we're buying the stuff for 50 people. Like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? But it comes from like actual, he is a part of my life. Like he is real. I'm not just saying he's real and I believe he exists. He's a real part of my mm-hmm. life, like an actual personal relationship. That's not yeah. you know, religion or whatever, which gives me just so much freedom. You do not understand the freedom that you will have if you will let go of church and grab hold to Christ. Mm, say that one more time, please. You don't understand the freedom that you will have if you let go of church and grab on to Christ. Mm. 
I'm not saying to forsake the church. I'm not saying not to go to church, but we are holding on to church more. We know church, but we don't know Christ. We know how church work. We know what we church service. We got this, we got that. We know church, man. We do not know Christ. And so like, if you would just hold on to Christ, if you would make Christ your all in all, if you would let Christ dictate how you move and how you grow and how you show up, if you would stop pretending like you've outgrown a habit that church says you need to give up and just be cool with where you are because Christ is cool with where you are as long as, you know, we're moving. People like, don't say that you can't. Child, shut up. We keep doing exactly what I've been doing as long as I'm with Christ because Christ will change you. Yes. I stopped fighting. I stopped wanting to fight, not because of church, because I remember when I was at Elevation and there was this 18 year old girl that was like trying to holler at my son. He was 14. He was a ninth grade. I kept saying, girl, you 18 now. <laughs> like, she was standing outside the bathroom door. I was like, girl, out of here. You 18 now. And then there was one day, it was just too much. I called that campus pastor. I was like, listen, I'm telling you, because I was a volunteer. I was like, I'm telling you right now, I'm a dog walk that girl today. Okay. And he was like, courage, please. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to have to call the police. I'm like, no, it's cool. Call the police. My husband will come get me. He was like, no, <laughs> not ready. a threat. He was like, I'm not threatening you with the police. I'm saying, please, I don't want to do it. Like, don't make, mm-hmm. like, please don't. I'm not, he's like, it's not a threat. It's a plea. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, cool. My husband will come get me. I'm like, it's I'm <laughs> like this, I know you got to call the, you know, I'm not going to be mad at you. You know, I get it. But the more I grew and I was going to church, I was volunteering. <laughs> But the more time I spent with Christ and the more time I started to share my faith, I felt convicted by Christ. I didn't feel bad. I felt mm-hmm. like I want to make him proud. I felt like what I want to be an ambassador for Christ. Yes. I don't just want to be like a Christ follower, following Christ and faking it all the time. I want to be an ambassador for him. And so that means I have to find another way to deal with conflict. I can't be like dog walking people now. I was like, Elevation gonna make the news today. Let us take another word. We're gonna be in today at Elevation Matthews Campus. A volunteer, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's about to, you know what I'm saying? Listen, first of all, y'all, that's 2013. Just <laughs> long time ago. Long time ago. There's been a lot of shifting and changing. But what I hear you saying is that the more that you got into the word, the more you felt compelled to change your behavior. It wasn't because somebody was shaming you or because you we're being told you were a bad person. It was because you wanted to make God proud. Right. And, and shout out to Philip Engel, who didn't shame me. He didn't call my salvation into question. He didn't threaten to take me off the volunteer team. He didn't say, oh, well, if you do that, then do you really know Christ? It was none of that. He met me mm. right where I was. I feel like wherever he is right now, he a better pastor because of me. <laughs> <laughs> you helped him mold into a better pastor, huh? Patience, kindness, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't care where he went. He was like, man, this cake walk right here because that girl was <laughs> that girl was so black when she first came. I was like, I ain't that same. He's like, uh, no, please stop saying that. You know, he was like, you don't have to say that. So shout out to him because I feel like that was an opportunity for me to experience some church or yeah. I hate the word. Took but the I, words out of my mouth. Yeah. Because he could have been like, well, this is this or that, you know, but he wasn't. He was just mm-hmm. like, don't do it. You know, girl, I'm so glad you did not do it. (laughs) 
And I want to ask you, as we're talking, I was thinking, how important is it to have quiet time so that you can hear God? Because I know there's been times in my life where I'm like, God, I can't hear you. I'm too busy. I got this, that, and the third. How does quiet time play into that with you hearing from God? It's an absolute game-changing accelerant. Absolute game-changing accelerant. You want to grow and hear closer, faster, longer, farther, like all of the errs. It comes from intentional, scheduled, quiet time, right? Protected quiet time. This is my quiet time for 30 minutes, for two hours, for whatever your time frame is every single day. Then you are not trying to rush to get a word from God because it doesn't matter if he says something that I like today or if I feel like I hear from him or not. Because tomorrow at the same time, I will be in the same space, right? And I think that sometimes we don't understand what quiet time means. Like we use the word quiet time, mm-hmm. but we tomorrow often- I'm going to ask you to elaborate. So go yeah, ahead. Coach. We use the word quiet time to talk about like our prayer time where we are talking to Jesus or when we're worshiping or when we are meditating on a word or studying. But one of the things I think we miss, like a place that we miss is an opportunity to just actually be silent after you pray and you ask for something and you ask for direction or you ask for instruction, just sit and wait in silence (laughs) to hear what he says. And it's going to be your thoughts, right? The thoughts will come and you're like, well, how do I know that's God? Well, you can wait till the next day and see if he says the same thing. So we had this bed in the room. This is so gross. I've never actually said this publicly, but it's fine. <laughs> we have an extra room. First of all, I don't even know when Micah moved out. I think Micah moved out. I don't even know when, but it's been a guest room and it wasn't even a real guest room. It was just like an empty room with stuff in it. Mm-hmm. That's it. The mattress was on the floor. She took whatever she was going to take. It was just a room with nothing in there. Mm-hmm. Well, there were bed bugs in that bed or that got bed bugs or something. I don't really know. <laughs> I honestly I don't know I don't okay. know how, I don't know how it happened right something happened um, but I turned that room into my quiet room mm. and so it was just a mattress on the floor and I decorated it was so cute I just could go in there and sit down but then after a while in my own bedroom which is where I sleep we were getting bit first of all not we I I don't know how <laughs> it's you I don't know and <laughs> he was like me girl <laughs> uh, when I say he was not concerned. I love my husband. He, when I say he was like, well, I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> but, you know, he's there, You're getting bit, not me, ma'am. <laughs> and then he found out it was bed bugs. He was like, oh, it's, you know, he was like, that's a bed bug. I was like, it can't be a bed bug. That's so gross. I was crying. He's like, why are you crying? I'm like, because it's so dirty. He's like, you know, they're not from dirt. I'm like, I know, but it's dirty. And I was just boo crying. And so I tried all these things. You know, I tried. My husband tried, tried all these things, whatever. And we're still like a couple weeks into this. This is my quiet time now. I'm like, Lord, what are you going to do about these bed bugs? What are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I wrote it down. That was not the only thing, but I had lots of that. I wrote that down. I was like, what are you going to do about the bed bugs? You know what he said? He That's actually true. answered me. He was like, let your husband handle it. Because he was like, he was saying he was going to do all this stuff. I was like. He don't know what he's doing. He don't know nothing about no bed bugs. He ain't never had no bed bugs. He did he not know. No exterminator. He ain't no exterminator. So I don't got time for this. I'm about to spend this money and let these people come in here and do what they need to do. 
Because these bugs can have a whole house. I would be sleeping outside in the car. Right? <laughs> they had a whole like me. house. Okay. The Lord was like, just let him handle it. I was like, and so he was like, oh, I ordered a steamer. I ordered this, this. He ordered this stuff. And he's like, he's telling me about it. And I was about to ask him a question. And I just smiled. He's like, why are you smiling? I was like, because I asked my dad what to do about these bed bugs. He's like, and what he told you? I was like, he told me to let you handle it. He was like, all right. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. Well, you know what? He handled it. He traced it back to, they weren't in our mattress. Thanks the Lord. We just had a brand new mattress. I was like, they sent us a bed with bugs. With bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I that bed, I'm like, oh, this is the devil right here. But they were, we traced the origin to my favorite room. And when he told me that, I cried again. I was like, I can't have nothing. I just got to stay he was like, we're going to throw this mattress out. You can get another. He's like, why are you crying? I was like, because it's funny. He's like, you can get another mattress. Like, <laughs> get over it. But I mean, real life things. And I gave him that mm-hmm. example. Because when I say I talk to him, I'm like, well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do about that? And when he said, let your man do it, let your husband do it. First of all, I asked three times. Three <laughs> And you know how we are. We ask, we get an answer. Are you sure that's it? Are you sure? Are you sure? Right? Like we listening, but we looking for a different answer. In my head. Maybe that wasn't the Lord. Maybe that was my own thoughts. (laughs) So I asked him everything and he handled it and he did his thing and now the bad buzz gone. We all good. You know? Got your quiet room back? No, because I did not buy another mattress. Okay. Because now that I have a choice, right? Before I just took Mm -hmm. what was in there. And I've taken some time to imagine what I could put in that space, like to Mm. make it my best I made the best with what I had right mm-hmm. I had a mattress I just covered the mattress and I just used you know I did the best with what I had yeah you was but working now, with what you had yeah but now that the Lord has given me an opportunity to reimagine what that sacred space would look like and I can get all the pieces that I want just I hadn't decided actually until this week that I'm gonna get another mattress because I was like maybe I'm gonna get a full time maybe I'm gonna get a couch in there mm-hmm. but I really did love the uh, mattress my husband's like please get a frame so when guests come but I'm like it's fine I can get like I'm just a very even if I get a frame it's going to be as close to the ground as I can get that frame but now I have an opportunity to imagine what I want that space to be like and choose what I actually want and not like oh well I just got to take it I'm like oh this is the Lord saying I can have whatever I like <laughs> I'm so done with you. <laughs> so now I'm going to have whatever I like. So I just decided this week, actually, that I'm going to order a mattress. And I do want the mattress. I'm going to get this frame. I'm going to do a whole YouTube thing on it. Because well, I'm going to be very intentional about that space this time. I mean, I get to be, you know. I can't wait to see. I want to see pictures. Yes, it's going to be so cute. It's going to be so be asking. Cute. I can't wait. But yeah, you said some really good things about the quiet time. Just really, not only... You pray and you wait. And then when you hear it, one of the key things I heard you say was write it down, right? Like taking that intentionality to listen and write down the thoughts that are coming up for you and knowing that that's God. Like you said, you can wait till the next day if you want to. Three days. It's the same answer. Three days straight. Three days in a row. (laughs) But really dedicating that time to listen. Yeah. And taking action on what you heard, because like you, I've heard God say some stuff to me and I'm like, you sure you want me to let him do that, but he don't know what he's doing. Why? 
I could really just hire somebody. We'll both be good. Could you just make sure you fill my bank account so I can hire somebody, right? Doing the opposite of that. Say word, God, I got it. I will call somebody today. Okay, right now. I was like, I don't even understand it. Yeah. But he did his thing. Shout out to my man. Yeah. Every day he was telling me, I was like, don't. He was like, well, you know, they don't carry disease. I was like, I actually don't want to hear another thing about whatever research you've been doing. Don't tell me no more. <laughs> Say less. Fix the problem. <laughs> like, they're actually like ants, you know, they don't really, they're not caring. Oh, you're making me itch. I'm like, stop it. So, yeah. He was obsessed, but he did it, you know? It's so funny. I appreciate you and your authenticity so much because the way that you talk about the Bible and how you talk to God and the way that you worship it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And it makes a really big difference. It's like you get to be yourself. You bring yourself, right? And that's the point. You get to be yourself. This isn't about coming in and wearing skirts that's past your knees and knowing all the things. It's literally about having an authentic conversation and relationship with who you are yeah. with God. And you exude that. And I'm so thankful for everything that you do and how you do it. Thank you. So ma'am, before we get out of here, I got a couple of questions that I ask everybody. And so I'm going to run them past you. Let's go. These always make me nervous. (sighs) I know, right? (laughs) Me too. So number one, if you could go back in time to the 17 year old version of yourself, and give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? I would tell her to dream bigger, Mm. way bigger. I'd be like, bigger, way bigger. I had a dream at 17. First of all, I had a baby. I was a teen parent. So I Mm. actually had a live human being. Um, (laughs) She was one years old. And I had a dream to graduate from college and things like that. But instead of just like setting it at, my dream was to prove people wrong, right? My dream was to get away. So all the work that I put in wasn't really towards something. It was because I was running from something, Mm. you know? So I would have told my 17-year-old self to dream even bigger, right? To think about what you actually want to do and go after that thing. Because she was a pretty determined individual anyway, but (laughs) it was just small, you know? It was just smaller thinking. It was just small than I. And I wish I had had. So yeah, I'd definitely tell her, girl, bigger. Ooh-wee, that's so good. And it makes so much sense, especially based on the conversation that we had today. And I don't think anybody said that yet to dream bigger because we limit ourselves. And I know it's a catch-22 if you could go back and, you know, do it all over again. But loving the fact that you're saying to dream bigger, because even today, now, like you're encouraging me to dream bigger and to think bigger. So thank you for saying that. Good. Okay. Number two, tell us one thing that you do on a regular basis, since we're on the flow and flourish podcast that you do to make sure that you can flow and flourish. Oh, I spent two hours and 24 minutes in the Bible. Now why 224? It's 10% of the day. Wow. Two point for before somebody send me a message, check your math before you check my IK. Because people always checking me in my DMs. They're Yo, like, she's so aggressive. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody's always checking me in my DM. They're like, don't you mean 2.4? It is 2.4 hours. 
but 0.4 of an hour is 24 minutes. So I spend two hours and 24 minutes in the word as many days of the week as I can. My goal is always seven. Doesn't always happen, but that's my Mm -hmm. goal. Wow. That's so dope. That is so dope. And I can't believe people really be trying to check you on your math. Like they ain't got nothing else to do. 2.4, you mean two? I'm like, shut up, bro. Do this math. First of all, I taught algebra. That's one. So stop. Listen, (laughs) let me find out. I'm sending my baby to you for Spanish, for algebra. (laughs) We just gonna come where you at and move in. Stop it now. Yeah. That's the best. That right there. When I have days where I've missed it, I can see how... I get exhausted or I feel defeated or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those things don't last long, but I'd like to not have them at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to miss those days where I feel defeated. But um, when I start to feel that, I know like, dang, it's been like three days. I need to get, I'm about to shut Mm -hmm. this phone off. I'm about to get in it. And that is just my time, you know, where I can wonder and I can think and I can talk to him and I can, you know, I'm always studying something. So Mm-hmm. I have time to look something else up. Like I'm not rushed. Two hours and 24 minutes is a lot of time. So if I have a question about something, I could probably Google to find the answer. And yeah, just, I let it take me wherever. Like I let the word take me wherever it's going to take me. And so it's, it is, that's all day. That's the best thing ever. That's so amazing. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it would look like, right? <laughs> yes. I wonder what you go with life. the wonder. I wonder what it would look like if I gave it to my day. 10% of my day. That is definitely something that I've never even thought about. Gosh, you dropping so many gems, ma'am. <laughs> okay. The last question. Now I know we've talked about a whole lot today, but what is the one thing that you want the listeners to walk away with out of everything we've said today? I want you to walk away with real true faith and relationship with God is built one time in the word, Hmm. just in the word, not anything else. Just like get some time in. That's where you build true faith, real relationship in the word. Mm. That is perfect. And I know that honestly, that's what I was thinking as well. That's the one thing I was taking away. So ma'am, building that relationship to build that trust, you have to spend time and to spend time to know him, you have to get in the word. It don't go no other way. So I love it. Well, thank you again for being on here. You know that I admire you. I've already told you I look up to you. I love you. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And I know that everything that we talked about today is definitely going to pierce somebody's heart to understand how to follow Christ and not just follow church. Because as you mentioned, you know, we can go to church and still not know Christ. And I just, I love your openness and Thank you for being here. Now, before you head out, please tell everybody, I know we talked about where to find Bible study on the tab and whatnot. And of course, I'm going to have all the information in the show notes, but tell everybody where they can find you. If you have anything that's going on that people can be a part of right now, I know you said you were opening up Courageous Discipleship. So talk a little bit about that and I'll let you get out of here. All right. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. As far as where you can find me, I'm Courage Molina everywhere. Courage Molina on Facebook, Courage Molina on Instagram, and CourageMolina.org to find all things Courage Molina. As far as Courageous Discipleship, I'm always saying something's my favorite. It is one of my favorite. (laughs) It's one of my favorite programs. We are open enrollment right now. And 
it's 12 weeks of biblical studies. It is not Bible study. It is just a little bit more academic in nature and the way that the program is run. You're not necessarily going to feel warm and fuzzy, but you will walk away with a real understanding and a real footing of how to study the Bible this way, right? Somebody's like, I don't know how to study. I don't know how to get an interpretation. We haven't been taught that. When I tell you this is the realest, like whatever you have seen of me, like you think Bible study is great and that's cool. And you think courageous faith member, that's cool. This is a whole nother level. And everybody needs to be able to study the word like this according to the word of God. And so you can go to CourageMolinaUniversity.com to get one. Yay! Come on, university. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I'll have all this information in the show notes. And I know that, you know, just the things that I've joined so far with you have already been impacting my life. And like I told you the other day, it's helping me to change my family's life as well. So this is a generational thing and learning how to really study the Bible, study the word and apply the things to the everyday things that we have going on, right? Everybody at some point or another worries about finances or relationships or work or just, you know, health and really being able to apply the things that are written in the good book to help us get through those situations is essential for us to be able to flow and flourish. So amen to that. Now that's the truth. Nothing but the truth. Goodness. All right. I'm going to let you get out of here, ma'am. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Listen, Faith Coach Miss Courage Melina came all the way through. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love how she broke down how important and significant it is for us to develop our own own relationship with Jesus. Not follow all the religious teachings and, you know, do all the different things that some, you know, well-meaning churches have told us to do, but really to build our own relationship. We got to date him like we've dated our spouses. We got to spend time with him the way that we spend time with other people that we love and care about. We have to build that relationship. That's the only way that faith is going to really be your foundation. I know that this probably hit something in your heart, touched something. So I want you to make sure that you go and follow Courage. I will, of course, have all of her links in the show notes. But man, this was good. This was good. And I really hope that it is moving you to a place to take some action, to do something different to really build and grow your faith muscle, especially in this season. I also mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the Bible studies that she does on Saturday. It feel like church on a Saturday, y'all. I be thinking that it's Sunday when I get done, but it's done in such a way that's non-traditional and really piercing. That's the only way I can describe it. It pierces your heart in a good way. So make sure that if you can, or you're looking from somewhere to really learn about how to study the Bible that you join there as well. Listen, the rest of this month is just packed with so many great guests, so many great episodes. I am kicking this second season of the podcast off like no other way that I've ever done before. So I'm super excited. So I want you to make sure that you tune back in next week because we are going to have a very special guest. We are going to be talking to my girl, Tiffany. Ooh, 
it's going to be a good conversation. She's a fellow work-life balance advocate, but we're just talking about why it's such a struggle for us to put ourselves first, okay? So you don't want to miss this. Tune in. And until next week, I pray that you are happy, healthy, and whole, that you are learning how to manage your capacity, and that you know that you can have work-life balance. You can have balance between your personal and your professional life, and you can increase your capacity for sustainable success. And you can do all of those things without sacrificing yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. I will talk to you soon.